Hello, everybody. I'm Tina Foley, and this is Off the Bench, a women's sport podcast, which we hope will educate and entertain sports fans of all ages and genders. To celebrate International Women's Day, we have a very special guest today. I suppose, really, she is what we call in Ireland basketball royalty. She's a two-time Olympic champion with America. She was a, one of the pioneering players that started the NBA back in 1997. But more importantly for us, she's an advocate and a mentor to women and girls. And she's working with the Irish basketball through the junior NBA program to inspire young Irish girls in sport, which we really love as well. So welcome to Off the Bench, Ruth Bolton. Hi, how you doing? Lovely to have you. How are you? Coming to us all the I'm way from. Good. I'm sorry. This is uh, I don't know why I got my do not disturb on my phone, but it keeps. I don't <laughs> don't know. You worry about it, Ruth. Don't you worry about it. If it goes, it goes. Don't worry about that. That's not a problem. Um, Ruth, Ruth, Alice Bolton. Alice is your middle name, but really, Ruth, I think they should have called you fierce. Your parents should have called you. Fierce. <laughs> your middle I name should it. be fierce. <laughs> Alice, well, you know what? That probably wouldn't. My twin brother wouldn't like that too much. <laughs> what, what are we gonna call him? <laughs> Alice, Alice, Alice Ruth Bolts. A lot of people don't know my name is Alice. My first name is Alice. Real, our first name is Alice. Um, let's talk. I mean, we'll talk about your basketball achievements, but they were formed, I think, possibly by your home and your background and also how you got into basketball. You are one of 20 kids and you said you call yourself a preacher's kid, a PK uh, from Mississippi. Uh, you were 16th of the 20 kids. And you obviously were successful at, at, at what we call high school basketball here. But when you went to go into college and you got initially recruited to college, tell people, tell my listeners about how you managed to, you know, what that journey was physically, literally the journey, because your sister was a really good basketball player. Yes, my sister was a superstar. She really was. Um, yeah, she, you know, coming from a family of 20, 12 girls and eight boys. And I was I'm the 16th child of 20. And. And had a pretty good um, high school career. We went to the final four. We went to the championship four times. We won it twice. And um, yeah, I felt like I was good enough to go to college and on, on a scholarship, but apparently uh, the coaches didn't. But my sister, Mayola, a year prior, was a superstar. Like everybody wanted her. She was the talk of the country. She chose to go to Auburn. So all the schools that came to visit my daughter, my, no, daughter, my sister, Mayola, my mom, was in, excited and they promised her a scholarship for both. So when she chose to go to Auburn, all the other schools didn't want me and Auburn tried to back out. <clears throat> they asked, <clears throat> excuse me, they actually <clears throat> said that um, I was as good as her. You know, for one, they said they didn't have the money to fly me. I had to ride a bus. I'm thinking like, you put her on a private jet and I'm gonna ride a bus for 10 hours? Well, two and two ain't adding up to four. But you know what, in life, sometimes if that door closed, get through a window. And my window was getting on that bus, riding 10 hours to get to Auburn for this coach to tell me that I wouldn't even make the travel team. I was not good, but uh, as my sister, I, they probably should have never invited me. And they was apologizing. Like, we just think you are really setting yourself up for failure pretty much. But we will under the scholarship because we promised your parents. I'm thinking like, wow. I, I was thinking like, life sucks. Like, I worked my butt off. We want to stay. I averaged about 25 points in high school, something like that. I'm coming, and you telling me that, like, you about to, almost I felt my dreams, them just pulling my dreams yeah. away from me. And, and it was a horrible feeling. 
and you, uh, and you took you took the bus all the way. I mean, she had had they had sent in a special plane to pick her up. You know, flew her straight over to college. Yes. you took the bus ten hours home and came home and cried. And your dad had some words of advice for you. My dad would say, "Daughter, listen. If you're taking life with you, just a few principles. You want to carry a suitcase full of rules." He talked about your faith, your attitude, how you work. He said, nobody can take those from you. Your faith, something bigger than you, your attitude, which is your mindset, and how hard you work. Those three things is the principle that he lived by. He also lived by the quote, life is 10% of what happens to you, but 90% how you respond to it. Mm-hmm. That, that's on every door in the house. Like he put that up. He said, you got to get this so embedded in you because life is not going to be fair. There's going to be some things that are going to try to derail you, uh, to take you off course, but you let these you let these words be your pillows and they will guide you. Not saying everything's gonna be great, but you're gonna, you're gonna come out on top and you're gonna fall down. He would say, it's your mindset. He said, if you fall down and break one leg, you should say thank you. And we were like, huh? <laughs> because you could have broke two. <laughs> All right. You know, always finding a way out, always finding a way to find gratitude. That's yeah. that's sort of the the, the, the fuel to your to, to the joy and the inner and the inner joy that you have. And that's why I said your middle name should be Fierce because you took up that. You went to Auburn, uh, you you went to a college and you excelled all their expectations. You played in three uh, three NCA finals, didn't you? I think, did you win? Did You lost the first one and you played the second one. We, we lost the by two one. points. You lost I'm the second sick. one. You, you played against the famous Lady Vols. Pat Summit was the famous coach back then. Um, so you had an extraordinary college career. Um, and then after college, I think you went to play abroad, but your next target was getting on Team USA or getting to Team USA. Yes. And again, again, it wasn't it wasn't like anybody handed you anything. Tell us about it what you had to do to get on to American team. Listen, I was hesitant to go because I, for one, I was mad. I was angry. I was disappointed. Like, how did I not get an invitation? We just went to the final four. Let me get this here. We just went to the final four. And I should have gotten an invitation. At least give me a benefit of the doubt. Nothing. And I'm just like so distraught. For one, we lost by one or two, I guess. And I'm just like, I can't end basketball like this. I want to play more. So I remember having a conversation with my dad. He said, I said, Dad, I, I, they should invite me. This is so unfair. He said, well, you can't worry about what people say as long as it's not true. He said, if you don't embrace upon this, you're validating what they think about you. He said, that door closed. But guess what? You got a window to get through. And that window is that pay your own way. I'm like, but I sh- they should be inviting me. Yeah, they should. But he, he said, you got to take your power back. And for one, don't give it to them. Keep your power. You give your power away when you walk away from opportunities. It cripples you. It handcuffs you. So he said, so, go. So like, so to explain to some people who might know it here, but like the American team trials, they had invited, they had invited 100 and whatever. It's 165 girls. Um, 25 they're going to pick and you decided I'm going to go I can pay my own way I can get in I can go over and I can try with them yes so I, I pay my uh, own way and, and they, they invite 50 50 of their VIPs and out of that 50 now they only going to pick about two teams yes. 30 players I'm yes. talking about these are superstars they, they spent six months trying to get the best girls in the country okay but that particular year they had a open invitation where anybody could come but you pay your own way you put yourself up you just hoping somebody get a glimpse of you yeah you yeah. hoping they do i go and my with my dad encouraged me he said you know what go 
He said, the worst thing can happen, you don't make it. But he said, you'll never know if you don't go. He said, remember you got on that bus? He said, so go. He said, so what? Life is about learning. You go there and it don't, you know, but don't think about maybe shoulda, woulda. So sure enough, bought my little ticket. I went there. We had nine sessions in three days. And I worked my butt off. I felt like I had done really well. I, I just pushed. I pushed. I didn't want to leave any stones unturned. I want, I want to at least say I went. Sure enough, they gave the speech. And they said, thank you all for coming, but we only got, you know, you know, 20, 30 spots. And we got 175 girls. But you all did great. Don't get discouraged. Come back next year. If you made a team, your name would be highlighted outside on the door. And they would be highlighted. You have your name highlighted. But if you didn't stay encouraged, I appreciate you coming. There's, you know, there's next year. There's another time. I get up, mosey my little Mississippi nappy hair stuff around the door. <laughs> Lo and behold, I look up here and I see, I'm like, no way. I'm talking about my heart started pounding, like, no way. Are you kidding me? I made a team. They said, you made a team. I'm just like, oh my goodness. I could not, I could not believe it. I was astonished. I was like, man, I said, I said, God, I said, Lord, thank you. Then I said, Dad, thank you for reminding me. Thank you for nudging me and pushing me. Like literally, I was going so I wouldn't regret. But I yeah. did go there. And so I made the team. Uh, we went, we traveled, and we get, we wanted to go. We won all, I think we had like five games. We won all five games. I was the only player on my team that they didn't expect to do anything. And I, I had to find out who all I had. But the, the committee, because the committee picks the team. Then USA, the coaches coach, the coach may have their input, but the committee picks the team. They said, when they look at their numbers, okay, and let's say I was number uh, six. They all look, they like, we got number six, but we don't even see her on our special VIP list. Like, okay, she's just having a great day. <laughs> so I go back to another session. And they have, one of them got like three marks by number six. I'm like, how do, how do we, like, how do we all miss her during college? Like, that can't be the player. Oh, she played it all. That can't be the player. Like, we all missed her. We all overlooked her. She flew over the internet. So my point is that they weren't expecting anything. I, I came in by showing up. I said, you know what? You're going to tell me again no. You told me no by not inviting me, but you're going to tell me no again because I'm showing up. But my dad pushed me. <laughs> and that's why I'm so adamant about, and the following year, I uh, I was player of the year with USA Basketball. I was so excited now to be on this platform. I'm telling you, it was nothing. I was so tunnel vision. And there's a saying about don't put all your eggs in one basket. Well, by God, if you got one basket, you better put every egg you got. <laughs> Go, friends. Go, you friends. Know, <laughs> you know, and so that was my mindset is that I wanted it all. And I just like, so I give a credit to my dad. My dad encouraging me, nudging me, pushing me, not pressuring me, but yeah, saying, hey, this yeah. is your opportunity. But he but said, you, you know what? You obviously had the appetite to take it as well, though, and that's a personality trait, definitely, that we can see throughout your career. You went on with uh, Team USA um, to play in World Championships. First, you first won World Student Games, and then you won two Olympic champions, two Olympic golds. But the really important one, I think, was 96, Ruthie, because that 96 victory, it was in Atlanta, it was on home soil. I think you beat Brazil, didn't you? And they were really fancied. And I think that probably was where the WNBA came out of really, wasn't it? Because it sort of created such an impetus around women's basketball in America. Oh yeah, you know, 96. It, you know, our coach told us from the gate, you know, she she gave us this visual. We went out to the, and we went, we went to Atlanta, Georgia and about 10, 10, 11 months whole year before the Olympics. She took us to a football field and they all thought I was, you know, her special her special player. Like, what is this crazy coach doing? What is she doing? I'm like, I don't know. We just going, she been out running. She, she's crazy coach. We're not supposed to be at no football field. We're not football players. I said, I don't know. We go out there. 
she lines us up, okay? We, we watched two minutes of teams that had lost, individual losses, adding defeat, the sadness, the disappointment. Then we watched two minutes of teams that had won, individuals, the excitement, the joy, the thrill. I'm like, oh my God, you could just feel the, the energy, you could feel the, the joy that they're feeling because you're American, you know, fellow, fellow Americans. She said, which one you want to experience? Okay, she says, we got a long road ahead of us, a lot of work. And she said, I want you to close your eyes. She said, if you, she said, if you think about anything less than when the, the goal, you can go home now. No, no love laws give you a one-way ticket out. Because come 11 months from now, we don't win a goal, we fail. I know everybody talking about go to the Olympics is a great thing. Okay, get in, just to get in the medal. No, that ain't us. But I'm sorry. If that's where your mind is, no, we anything less than a goal, we uh, we lose. It. I'm gonna say it's a failure. So Teresa Edwards had four gold medals at the time. She put one on each one of our neck because everybody. So she said, so if you're still here, that means that you're willing to go the distance. She put the medal on our neck. We closed our eyes. The national anthem played. She said exactly where you stand. Six months. No, 11 months from now is where the gold, the gold medal podium will be. They had already mapped it out. Wow. We had, we had, she vision, because vision without work is just an illusion. She said, so we got to dream it. We got to believe it. And she said, oh, time when you feel like I'm crazy, no time you feel like giving up, no time when you don't want to practice, you feel like this is not for me. Think about this moment because we got a big stage. We got a, we, what we do in 11 months will change women basketball. Adversity make you better or make you better. And people are already trying to tell us we're not good enough. We got to show them that not only we're we good enough, we we are dynamic. We're going to be 60 and 0. That's, that's no room. Like we, that's why we work our butt off every day. There's no, we, we have to cover all. She was way track. ahead because uh, when you think it, like when you think of all the psychology of sport that's been done since just to bring you to that place and say, this is where the podium is going to be. This is where you're going to get gold. That was pretty genius. And I mean, really interesting for listeners to know that um, Olympic basketball only, women's basketball only went into the Olympics in 1976. Like it was still relatively new, like everything else, women's sport, it had to fight for its place. And so what it was still quite a new sport in the Olympics. Um, the WNBA came along started in in the following year um you played for sacramento for what seven years was it seven years did you win it did you win in WNBA? well time? you know what i i okay i have i'm sorry let me erase this that's all right yeah i know it's yep. like I'm we just lost my, the screen there for a sec my internet is actually what it's not working so i had to use my phone unfortunately <laughs> i'm in the rural area and internet, some days it works, some days it don't. I'm in, I'm in the, I got goats and cows and chickens outside. So, <laughs> uh, so what was the question again? Sorry. The question was the, the WNBA. You played for Sacramento for seven years. Did you did you get to a final or win a title? You know, we went, so we lost in the semifinals by last year. And unfortunately, I retired unwillingly. It wasn't, okay. So when they won it, I got a ring, which I don't have it with me. I, I got it back in Sacramento. I didn't, I didn't actually play that year which my heart bleeds but I was part of the team that the general manager and the owner said you're gonna get a ring for everybody else but you built the foundation they, yeah. they said when he said when we win so I have a ring with my name on it as if it wasn't no replica it's the actual ring as if I was right. on the team because he and said, in what America you done, that is 
that is that is means so much to have a, a championship so much, yeah. ring. We know that from all of American sports, and 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 Sacramento were important. Only eight teams started in that first WNBA in 1997, and Sacramento were one of the founding teams. So you were a pioneer in women's basketball. Pioneer, yes. Um, and 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 a, a point guard, just an all action point guard. What height do you mean? You were about, you weren't, you weren't by today's I'm, standards, you weren't tall. I'm about tall. I'm on five. They put me at five nine, but really I might be five seven. Half, <laughs> like you know, it definitely barely five eight, you know. But they yeah. put me; they always put two inches taller. But hey, but I played big. You I, did. We you played. Listen, played big. We 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 watch video. I, I be I I be taking the ball at least the left hand on the national team. I'll take the ball her hand. I'll take the ball Yolanda. I, to me, I just had this resilience and this relentless mentality. And I was a great rebounder when I tell players. I said I wasn't. I jumped that high. I yeah. just was good at boxing out and retrieving the ball. Yeah. So yeah. I was just I was just hungry. I stayed hungry. I was so happy to be playing basketball because you got to understand my career, how it unfolded. I was so happy to be playing. Every chance I get, I played like it was my last day, like it was the last game. And, and be a pioneer player to have laid the foundation, like Tar Vanderbilt believed in me and like that. Like I said, with us, the Olympics, and we went in the, the way we wanted and the style we wanted, it was just the most beautiful thing. And that's why I traveled. My medals actually, I was just at the game. They, I just showed I was on a You bring with you. I keep it with me. Uh, hey, they ain't gonna do no good in the shelf or you know, <laughs> safe deposit. But I'm like, this, this is yeah. these are girls I talked to yesterday, these 13 year old girls, 12, 13 year olds. I said, listen, I did this for y'all years ago. Y'all were born, maybe not even thought of at the time. I said, but I did this for everybody. That's why I travel with my medals because I want you to know my story. I want you to know where I've been. I want you to know where I'm at and where I'm going. I said, I'm transparent in this thing. I I, I invite, I invite you in. I want you to know the essence of me because even though I even after things I've done, of course, the gold medals are fruits of my labor, World Championship, Hall of Fame. I said, but really the message and the uniqueness of, of this is the, sorry, the, 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 me, the message, the message and the uniqueness of this is the journey. Mm. It is the journey that's important to me. And and you look at the WNBA now, um, how much progress do you see uh, from the time that you played into now? I think the progress is great. You know, I, you know, I watch it and, and these players are amazing. You got a lot of players that I don't really know come out and, and hit 30, 40 point games. I think now it's a broad spectrum. You got a lot more international players. You got international players standing out doing amazing yeah. things. Um, so I think it's really giving a platform. And I think it's sort of talk about, they might get a couple more teams. They need to, there's a lot of great players that don't even play in the WNBA. A lot of them just go overseas. You know, I think that they, you know, um, I don't know if it's, to me, I wish they could get like a, a um, I think everything always about money, but a D league yes. like the men get, other yeah. women and yeah. move them up. That would be beautiful. Yeah, you know. I, know. I mean, they signed a new agreement in the past year, which at least you know has improved salaries. It's improved conditions. It's included a maternity clause. It's done stuff that you wouldn't have had at all in your day. I mean, I don't know what we even even paid at the time, and what were you even making money? Yeah, the, my first year, I think I got like, I think our first, I think the minimum salary four. I think my salary got the highest, got like ninety five thousand. Right, right. And whereas um, now they're looking to have at least a, a base of one hundred twenty five thousand up to, and the capacity to earn. I mean, it's nothing compared to the men's game, but uh, the capacity. Exactly, but when, at least that's what I say. When I when I get in these discussions, I say, you know what? Let's just be, let's just sort of call it for what we see it, and 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 not be. I think we have to sort of. You know, we, we may never get there, but I said, I don't think that's important getting what the guys are. I think we have to look at progress. 
yeah. to me, progress is important. And you go from where the, to me, I think they made a lot of progress um, just in, you know, uh, their retirement, I mean, so the 401, all the different things. So to me, I think they, they are moving up, even with, you know, even with the national team, you know, they are actually getting, you know, we worked our butt off year round. We, and we, and we got, you know, we got money, you know, whatever, but it wasn't, they, they get double what we got just in less time. But that's what happened when you, when you're a pioneer, you lay the foundation, you, right. you landed down as a sacrificial so that other people can, you know, they'll reap better benefits, but that's, that's about, that what you call service above self, you know, trying to lay a foundation, be part of a, road, a, a trailblazer. Yeah. And they've, they've become known in the last few years as well, probably since 2016 for speaking out on social issues, campaigning, you know, not just, you know, using their platforms as players, if you like. Um, you personally have had an opportunity through real tough parts of your life to to speak out um, and to be a platform for social change. Even though you were this amazingly fierce, powerful, strong player on court, in your private life, you suffered terrible hardship. Yeah, you know, I, I tell you, it's, it's, it's amazing for the last four years, you know, sharing my story, you know, is it, before it was talking about the basketball and, you know, how the, the struggle, the challenges of almost quitting, not being wanted, feeling, unwanted I'm feeling unworthy how I was able to you know to, to get over that to get over that fence and to get over that hurdle and then you know uh sharing the last four years about my domestic violence experience you know it, it took a lot of people by surprise people were shocked like you don't even fit the profile you know like how could that happen you are mighty you're strong how could that happen to you I said well that show you the 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 the, the intensity of the the power of the of, of, of domestic violence and that and that victim mentality because I I remember standing before the trash can overseas in um, Turkey getting ready to throw my medals in the trash I felt like I just said I don't deserve this my, my marriage don't work you know my husband's never happy and I, I just felt like I it, it was pretty much my fault and I just felt so just like I just felt horrible and I felt like you know I could I was playing so great on the court but my personal life was um, was uh, just crumbling and and that was a tough place for me I'm like I think that the grace Help me, basketball helps me, help me. I felt like that's, and that one of the reasons, I think I remember a 10 year old girl asked me, do you think that's why you play so hard? I said, you know what, probably is. That was a play, that was my, uh, that was my, um, uh, my, uh, a safe place. That's where I felt edified. Yeah. That were my safe haven. That's why I felt lifted up. My teammates cheering me on, so you got this. And, and I felt like, wow, they actually see something in me. And so that's why I would play so hard because I and want to be validated. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's an extraordinary story. Your teammates had no idea. Um, I think, what, three, four months into your marriage was the first time your ex-husband first hit you. Um, you, like, for somebody so strong, it's always a struggle for people to understand when somebody's caught in that cycle of domestic violence, why you can't get out. Um, what was stopping you, do you think? You know, what was stopping me was guilt. Um, you know, when I do workshops, I go into more details, but I did some things that was, you know, I, I was always the type of person I held on. Even when I played basketball, I look and if I made a mistake, I don't care if I had a 30-point game, 15 board, whatever. If I if I missed one shot, like, man, I missed that shot. Or if I missed, if a player would get by me and Lisa Leslie fouled, I was like, oh, man, I should have kept it in front. So I, I have this self-inner, like, uh, thing where I'm guilty. Like, I want to be the best. So I felt like, I felt like it was my fault, you know, um, and I'm just that we, you know, I was in such a miserable place. I, um, we had a, um, 
I felt like I cursed my marriage. We, um, I had, a, um, right in the beginning, I had an abortion. And that was like, I felt like I was, and I've always been a good person. I'm like, I totally against it. For me to do that, I felt just horrible. I felt like God would never, it, it, it's something I had to live, you know, it, it was just horrible for me. I'm like, so I felt like it was part of my punishment that um, I felt like it was part of my punishment. I also, one time during that time, went outside the marriage. So all these different things that I just made me feel just this small. And that's when I felt like I said, I, I'm not worth anything. I said, and God was still continuing to bless me on the basketball court. I was still elevated and rising. I'm like, Lord, what are you doing? I said, I'm a horrible person. That was my mindset. And so that's why I wouldn't leave. I felt like my 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 whipping guilt 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 was a huge factor for you and I, and I and I and guilt almost killed me and I, when I would go to workshop I said I was gonna stay here I said this if this if this kills me then that may be what I deserve that was where my mindset was yeah that yeah. I deserved everything we should tell the listeners you had a you had a getaway bag ready I, I'm not sure how many right. two different in that places marriage. yeah your husband had a gun he, he, there was a gun in the bed at times um, you finally made a run, and I was really interested to see that when you did finally get away, you called a you called it. It was a basketball coach who picked you up. I thought that was really really telling. But it struck me too as well. And it's funny, Ruthie. We we coach women in sport to be powerful and to always you know strive for perfection and fix yes. everything and mm-hmm. feel you have to fight and overcome everything. And and in some ways, was that kind of that nearly went against you in that you you felt you had to stick yes. in here and beat this thing and mm-hmm. win. That was, you know what, because I didn't know what Big T was staying or leaving. I, I, you know, when I, when I was sneaking go to counseling, I, I, you know, I didn't pay him $100 an hour to tell me to leave. You know, you got to leave him. Or he He's dangerous. I'm like, I'm telling, I'm paying you to tell me how to fix him. This is my dream. This is my, this is the love of my life. I've already envisioned what our kids going to look like. I'm not going yeah. anywhere. I'm not, a, I'm not a quitter. I'm a fighter. So it was yeah. so hard for me to walk away because I don't know how to walk away. I don't know how to quit. Like I'm a fighter. I don't care how hard it is. Just tell me a way. Give me a roadmap. Give me some steps. One, two, three. And, and he would tell me all the time, you got to show children, you got to leave. I'm like, I ain't telling you. Don't tell me to leave him. And so it was a tough place. It was not until, it was not until I, my dad would say, and I remarried him. I renewed my vows at 96. I renewed my vows with a black eye. He beat me on the way driving to Mississippi. I had a blackout when I got home. We had a family meeting and I pretended it was something I said, I, you know, I ran to a door, whatever, but they but they, yeah. they didn't believe it. And so my dad married me still because I decided to no, know I want to marry her. This is my husband. We just got to get through some things. I'm not a quitter. I just, I just got pushed. If I push a little harder, we'll be okay. And my dad said, if he, th- if he threatened your life, like he, that was bad enough. But he said, if you threaten your life, you got to take a serious. That's nothing to play with. But he said, if you want to go ahead and get married, I did. Because guess what? People saying, why would your dad still marry you? I said, guess what? If he hadn't married me, I got somebody else would have. And then my <laughs> brother said, if my, if my brother said beat him up because he was out of car, it would have made me cling to him more. I, that I learned that through my training that you got to, it's the hardest thing in the world. You got to love at a distance. My one sister that would say, sis, I know what you're going through. I'm a phone call away. Love you. That's all she would say. And there were my sister that I, I would pick up the phone. I'm like, okay, sis. But my sisters would be like, oh, he horrible. He terrible. You know, I don't even want to talk to them. Mm-hmm. I, I don't need you to tell me how bad my this man that I love. I don't need you to tell me how bad he is. You know, I'm already, you know, so you're making me feel bad 
I know it's a really interesting it's a fantastic insight for people to get Ruthie not just no not just from another woman but for someone who has been so successful in her career um and as a mentor and as a leader and yet even still it was that difficult yes. for you and, and during lockdown in Ireland you know the the rates of domestic violence have increased by 24 percent and I'm sure that's wow. reflected elsewhere around the world because we've had these very long periods of time where we've been we're not allowed out of our you know we're not allowed outside our house for and then we're not allowed outside 5k people are are at home and we know that there are women at home who are trapped in this cycle so it's yes. a really important message um uh, and what do you tell people when you talk to women who, who've suffered from domestic abuse now what's your strongest message to I, them? you know what my strongest my book i wish i had a copy i sent it my, in the car from pain to power i said there is power in you it doesn't matter what is happening i know you lose part of you it doesn't matter if you're living from check to check and you're in poverty or you are an executive director of a company and 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 you money is not an option. Your economic economic status doesn't matter. This this disease does not care. And and what I say is that get your power back because you lose some of you when you go through it. You lose some of your confidence in yourself and your decision making and your discernment. Take your power back. Like I was telling the other ladies, my sister and I we're doing a uh, we do a Zoom every Saturday. I can because I am, and we're working on a book. Twelve sisters, twelve stories, twelve struggles, oh, wow. twelve victories. That's I can because I am. Yes. I can't, we all picking one word. I can't, well, I'm, I said, I'm doing mine. I can't because I am bold, mighty, and being the best version of me. I can't because you actually, you got to sort of walk into your authority. It doesn't matter. You look and you might sit in a distance, but you have the right to rewrite your story. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want my story. I remind these young ladies, to, if you can rewrite your story anytime, if you at one time wanted to be a, a, a lawyer or be a nurse or whatever, you can start become, still walking into your into your purpose. I just encourage them to, to find something that your gift, something that you did that, that ignited you, something that gave you this internal joy. And whether it was playing sports, whether it was writing, whether it was sewing, knitting, whatever, find something that starts slow. Find something that you remember that gave you this strength, this inner strength, and start doing that. And, and that's what I tell people that, with people that have been through it, the worst thing you could do is, bat, it, 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 is uh, focus on the, the abuser. Because she gonna want to protect them. They're just if, if woman we love in a way where we we want to enable because that's our nourishing personality. Yeah. So you focus on her. Remind her. Oh, you remember we used to dance. You remember we used to act silly. Uh, we used to you know you know blow buck gum and and, and and stick it whatever. But I remind her of something where she felt like she was strong. She was powerful. I said so. And don't focus on him. And so yeah. when you do that, she'll start to feel this. Like yeah, I do remember. Oh, I and you do can remember. And you can help her get back to that place. You can help, her get, back on that, help yeah. her get back to that place. You can help Fantastic. her get back up. Yeah. You can yeah. help her start to see now as she starts to remember the things that she was good at, it'll start to, she'll start to click the window, you know, because first her window is all uh, cloudy and she can't yeah. see. She'll start to see clearly, start to see more vividly. Yes, I do remember when I was there. And that was start to gain her strength. And now she focusing on her and not so much him and building her back up, giving her permission to be where you are, it's okay to be where you are. We're going to cry together. We're going to walk together. We're going to smile together. But give her permission to not feel like she got to do this in one step. Yeah. Give her the space to grow. Give her the space just, to grow. And 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 I think I got that from, um, There's for listeners, there's a great ESPN um, documentary called Mighty Ruthie, made about Ruthie. You'll find it in their, in their archives, um, that notion that... Um, 
try not to judge, give her the space, you know, give her give her the moments of joy and help her to feel the way her feel her way back into it, if you yeah. like. Uh, yeah. you you you're we're here today because Basketball Ireland are working with the junior NBA and they've got this, they've designed this lovely program for senior P, all the senior P curriculum. Um so if anybody's coaching kids or PE teachers and you want to get involved in it, you have done some um you've you've done some videos for them to talk to girls and give empower girls if you like. So what's the what is the strong message that you give to girls now when you talk to them? Because you're doing this all over the world. The strong message, and like I said earlier, these girls want to know they matter. Yeah, I got a thing that I, when I do my workshop, what if you really knew you matter? And I say, you do. There's nobody in the world with your set of fingerprints. How beautiful is that? They're like, oh, you're right. <laughs> All that anybody could ever ask is you be the best version of you. Being bold, that's developing this confidence. It's, it's, you don't have to worry about the confidence where you know, you know, I got a heartbeat. I got a chance. This is mine. This is, this is my journey. And being mighty is being mighty in spirit and understand like, you know what? I don't care. I'm embrace my imperfection. I'm embrace where I'm at because I'm going somewhere. And then being the best version of you. That's what I want girls to know because guess what? To the world, you might be just one person, Jennifer, but Jennifer to one uh, person, you could be the world. Yeah. That's what I want them to know that they matter, that your footprints that you leave matter. And uh, 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 Maxi Paz, I think, they do a Nike would do one, a really nice video that I show my girls when, I, when I'm in a setting about, we did this exercise at my program where it was about, we had like eight boxes with, I'm ugly, I'm stupid, I'm fat, I'm dumb, I'm not good enough. And all these boxes was up. And and these girls, like I said, so, and they asked like, girls, what is your brother? They even talking about some brothers saying something, they're boy saying, you're not good yeah. enough, you're not. We, our exercise was to kick these boxes down. And then <laughs> over here, we had these other boxes, I said, that I'm strong, I'm mighty, I'm unique, I'm powerful, because we have to let them know that they are. And But where well, this girl, 13 years old, had been through so much, I'm talking about, I, I just like, I I just want to reach out and hug her. I'm like, it's, just, it's what she had gone through, women in their 40s hadn't gone through, that what she's gone through, the abuse, the disappointment, and seeing her little sister abused, it just, it was just crazy. But I said, we are in here, this is a space, we want to embrace you and let you know that you still matter, because she's like, I don't care. Life sucks. I don't care what I do. I said, yes, you do. I said, we're here with you. And we and we just put our arms around her and embraced her. And she was like, she started feeling like, how do I do better? So that's the key is letting these young girls know you matter because real girls aren't perfect and perfect girls aren't real. There is something unique inside of you. And I want to help you bring it out. You might be this little caterpillar going through your phase of metamorphosis, but yeah. your, wings are, <laughs> your wings are just wanting to spread it so that the shame and the disappointment and the abandonment and the, an abuse, all this can get can fall off because there's beauty. And that video is a minute and 20 seconds long. I saw it in the Science Museum in the Bay Area. It is absolutely breathtaking. Wow. So Ruthie, I'd love to be 13 again and sitting in front of you and having you <laughs> hearing you saying all that stuff. It's so important. And now with social media and everything, it's even more important, I think, because girls feel under so much pressure, like you say, to be perfect. And in sport, especially, we're expected, you know, those those feelings of having to be perfect and getting everything right are even greater than ever, I think. So it's good to to let let them know you don't have to be perfect. You just have to be as good as you can be, I suppose, really. Yes. Yeah, Strive really to be perfect, because you know what? Because even when you look at my life, I said, I want perfect. I said, I strive. I said, say I got on that bus and nothing happened at all, but, but I got on that bus. Yeah. Okay, now that's like a, a hurdle I got over. Now the next hurdle, okay, I want to play for a national team. So I got over that hurdle. Life is a journey. Life yeah. is a journey. And you, this is, I said, you, I said, you, this is your movie. This is your life. Don't let, when you write, I was reading the other day, when you got your story, your story, don't let nobody else hold the pen. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. This is your story. You're the imagine, director of your movie. Imagine if you hadn't gone on that 10-hour journey. I know. <laughs> to and I, was, I said, I tell the girl. And I 10 said, hours I would, back. I told the girl, I was terrified. I was sitting there. I said, we stopped at the five-hour mark. I didn't even get off to go get food because I didn't want to get left. Yeah. I'm so hungry when they get back on. I'm just so hungry. My stomach <laughs> growling. And I get there and I'm just like this little puppy doll. Like, and I get there and I'm and I'm just like, okay, well, at least I made it. And the coach still tells me at that point, like, we we probably should never have you come. You it's didn't want to It's an incredible the, story, just to show what 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 determination can do for you. I mean, you you worked your butt off, obviously, you had the skills. Um, the great thing is today to hear how it's turned out and also to hear that you're happily married. You have two beautiful children. Um, and uh, if anybody wants to look at that ESPN documentary, you're going to be yes. so jealous of Ruthie's guns. She's got, <laughs> you're, you're in uh, incredible no, uh, shape for a 54 year old or whatever. I just can't be, she's uh, got her kids hanging off her biceps doing press ups nearly. <laughs> it's unbelievable. You're still incredibly fit. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I got them up on here now. I, I, I was actually asked to do Ninja Warrior. Oh really? But I'm but I don't know if I can fit it in my schedule. I, I would love to. I, I got so much stuff going on, but I'm thinking about it. I don't know. Oh, I'm thinking about it. But definitely. Uh, but Ruthie, I think you'd be fantastic in Ninja Warrior. We we use the word mighty a lot in Ireland. Like it's a kind of a it's kind of a, like a slang thing. When we say somebody is mighty, we mean like they are just fantastic. Mighty I am. Brilliant. Mighty I yeah. am. Yeah. And then, hey, but listen, so, also too, I don't know if Andrew's gonna do it, but if any moms out there, my book from Pain to Power. He can let me know uh, if I, I, uh, I'm working on my link right now. Right now, they have to get them for me. But if anybody interested, The Ride of a Lifetime is a great book for girls. This is a journal, Keep Your Mighty Power. I do, it's like a curriculum for wow. girls. And then yeah. my Pain to Power book is more about the domestic violence. So yeah. um, if anybody, I don't, we, my, my link is not available right now, but I, I actually have them. But if anybody interested in books, just let me know. Yeah, and we, we could, put it up on our we put it up on our Twitter account as well. Um, look, it's as I said, it's International Women's Day. Um, we love to talk to powerful women, but really love to talk to powerful athletes who, you know, make it their life's mission now to empower girls and women. So we are so grateful to have you. It's been a joy, Ruthie, and you Thank really you so are you really are mighty. Thank you so much. Hey, let's flex. I'm Come flexing on. here. I just don't have the guns like you, Ruthie. You got them. <laughs>